praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are so worthy to be praised, my God. So beautiful and so powerful. Are you thankful for his resurrection power and the redemptive blood of the Lamb? I don't know what brought you here this morning, but God is in control. Whatever need you have in your life or your body, God can fulfill that. That is the God in which we serve. That is the God in which we serve. It doesn't matter our backgrounds. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter who we are. It's all about Jesus, and he loves us so much. One more time, can we just clap our hands and praise him and worship him and give him all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My, my, it is so good to have the choir back. Can we give our awesome choir a hand clap? I'm not going to lie, I almost ran those aisles. I, I, I was just there, and then you closed out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And trust me, the feeling of running aisles, which in the Pentecostal church, sometimes we do that. We run aisles. The reason why we do that is not for show or out of an emotion. It's because we just cannot physically stand just how we can't comprehend how beautiful God is. And what he's done for us and how we can't put him, we can't put him in a box. We just we can't explain it. We just gotta dance. We just gotta run. I'm doing that. I don't even care. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Church is going to be built on backsliders. This 
church is going to be built on prodigal sons and daughters that are coming home because that is the God that we serve. Hallelujah. One more time. Can you clap your hands? Can you give God some praise? I feel victory in this house. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah praise God praise God praise God praise God you can remain standing you can grab a seat you can stay wherever you are that's completely fine 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. For the hobby, you can, you can stay up here. Seven verses, might be a little long, but bear with me. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has absolutely nothing in the house but an almost empty jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few, get a bunch. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all these, those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who, who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full and she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. This is the title what I'm going to preach on for a few moments. Empty enough for a miracle. Empty enough for a miracle. You know how you activate the miraculous brokenness. You want to know how you activate hope, sadness, darkness, that desire for God to change and to fill you. That's when the miraculous takes place. I feel in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody, if you need a miracle in this house this morning, it is not by Paul's might. It is about by God's might. God is in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I'm just going to go ahead and I promise you folks, running the aisles was not part of my plan. I'm just so excited about what God is doing in my life. 
And I'm so excited to see what God is doing in Sister Daniela's life. Sister Daniela. Urshan Pulpit Conference a few weeks ago. She came into this church. It was full of a bunch of radical, crazy Urshan College students. They'll freak you out if you don't know them. They love God. And they express it. Sometimes they can't contain themselves, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, Danielle and Tim were like, yeah, we'll just come. Right away, they're like, oh, we're not dressed right. All these people are all fancy. It's like the, it's like a, a modest Oscars, maybe. All these folks coming in and hanging out. You may be seated. It's all right. I won't make you stand the whole time. And so she, they come in. <laughs> they stick kind of towards the back. We're like, well, we'll see what happens. I bet in the back of their minds, we're like, maybe we should get out of here. We're not really dressed appropriately for church. Well, guess what happened in the middle of that preaching? Sister Daniela came to this altar and God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in new tongues. She spoke in tongues. She spoke in more tongues and spoke in more tongues. And I had a meeting with them just a few days later. Sister Daniela looked at me with tears in her eyes. She said, you have absolutely no idea what I've been through. I've been broken. I've been abused. I've been a drug addict. And I felt God's presence come into my life and I'm not worthy of it. And then you know what she said next? I ain't never going back. She started selling things. She started throwing out things. She started turning things on. You want to know why? Because her jar, her cup runneth over. It was full. And sometimes it takes brokenness. Where are my sons at? Sons, run over here. Come here. I got two beautiful baby boys. There you guys are. You heard what the scripture says. The man of God said we... Go to the neighbor's house. Fetch me some jars of jars. They got to be empty jars. Just go get them. Just go get them. Where are they at, sons? Oh, yes. Put, put them right here in this altar. Put them right there. Oh, you guys, you're such good boys. Oh, hold on. Uh, I need your guys' help. You hold one and you hold the other one. Okay, I'm not sure how this works. At one point I was going to use actual oil. Then I thought First Lady wouldn't like that, so I didn't. Then I was going to do apple juice. Then I was going to do water, but I thought you guys got the picture. So he started pouring that oil. Whoa, whoa, it's overflowing. Grab another one. Whoa, keep going, keep going. What, what, is, what is happening? What? Oh my goodness, this is all, they just keep going. They just keep going. And the miraculous took place and those jugs kept filling to the point where that widow, thank you fellas, had absolutely everything that they needed. And you know what was so powerful? What was so incredible? What really hits me in the face as I read the book of Second Kings? is that 
the chapter before that, what was Elisha doing? He was dealing with the kings of Israel. He was, he was dealing with the king of Judah, the king of Israel. He was dealing with war. He was on the global stage. Here's where it's at. Sometimes we think that God only handles the miraculous. The miraculous being the all-infinite power, the, the solar system. He's, he's dealing with kings. He's dealing with all types of, of great powers. But in the very next chapter, Pastor, the very next story, Elijah just stops and helps out a widow. We don't even know her name. They don't even give her a name. The lady with the issue of blood. The man that needed to walk. The man that needed to see half of those people. We had absolutely no idea who they were. You want to know why? They were nothing to society. They were nothing to the world. No one cared about them. They were kicked out. They were deemed useless. But you know, I started to studying a little bit on a vessel. Why do they, why do they use the vessel? What did the vessel need, mean? And, and of course, they used it for oil, which oil is back then was... It was like supernatural neosperin. I mean, they used it for everything. They used it to cook. They used it for perfumes. They used it to, um, to help with wounds. It was just, it was phenomenal. It was very expensive. But the word vessel, the word vessel in Hebrew means empty, idle, worthless, vain nothing like a widow like a poor blind man like a woman with a blood issue that had to crawl in a crowd because no one even knew she was there Yet 2 Timothy 2.21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Oil is used throughout the Bible as a, a symbol of God's Spirit. Pure olive oil was used to keep the lamp burning bright in the Hebrew temple as an illustration of how His Holy Spirit illuminates our lives when we are filled with His Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Sister Danielle, I remember how broken I was as a 16-year-old boy, got the boot from his house, coming into a Pentecostal church. All these people were crazy, and I remember walking to the left side, facing the left. And all of a sudden, two men, my uncle came and anointed me with oil. And all of a sudden, these words came out. It wasn't theatric. It was a, it was a language I didn't understand. And I just felt the presence of God just come inside of my life. 
and begin to heal all the wounds of the past and all, all of the brokenness. And yes, I made many mistakes since I was 16 years of age, but the beauty is that we can still fill. I came into church as a bus kid. God filled my vessel. I came into church as a prodigal, as a backslider. God still filled my vessel. And at different times I came to these altars and God filled me with his spirit. In times of chaos, he fills me. In times of death, he fills me. In times of confusion, he fills me. He touched my life as a child. He touches my life now as a young mid-adult. And he's going to continue to do so well into my latter years because that is the God in which we serve. But here's the deal. I was a nobody. I didn't come from a rich family. I didn't come from a perfect home. But yet God continued to, to use me and minister to my life. I love how Psalm 146.9 says the Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. Hallelujah. You know what God wants, folks? God wants broken people. God wants empty vessels. You know what, little children? God wants to build his church on you. All my precious elders, we have not forgotten about you. We need you. This church is being built on you. You've built it when you were younger. You've built it in your older. Even now, you, this church is continuing to being built on you. God is building his church on single parents and the divorced and widows. He's building his church on drug addicts. He's building it on young adults that have been abused for decades. He wants to build church on all the mess, all of the brokenness, and you know this horrible culture this horrible culture, that cancel culture that's trying to sell at the church, silence the church that we're worried of. We don't have to worry. Because Pastor God wants to build his church on that culture. On the foundation of sickness and disease. I'm going to build it on those dealing with lust. I'm going to build it on mental health issues. I'm going to build it on the depressed. I'm going to build it on those with thoughts of suicide. I'm going to build it on those that don't have a name. Matthew 5, 3 through 6. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that's when the so when the crackhead says, you know what, I'm tired of being a crackhead. So when the alcoholic says, I'm tired of being an alcoholic. When the adulterer says, I'm done being an adulterer. I'm done gossiping. 
I'm done feeling bitter. I'm done feeling hurt. I'm done feeling depressed. I'm done contemplating on taking my life. I'm done. That's when the miracle takes place. That's when the widow says, I don't know what I'm going to do. They took everything in my home. Now they're going to take my sons. And it's at that point, God help me. I have nothing left. That's when the miraculous steps in. And if our singers can come, I'm coming to a close. We'll stick with the same altar song. There's an incredible story of the scientific breakthrough of 1922 where Canadian scientists Frederick Banting and Charles Best arrived at a hospital ward. We have a picture to show. For diabetic children, most of them comatose and dying from a diabetic ketoacidosis. That picture is a real picture of a little boy thought dead being carted to the morgue. They couldn't feel a pulse and they were wielding him and to be dead. Imagine a room full of parents sitting at the bedside believing they witnessed the death of their child. And the scientists went from bed to bed injecting children with a new purified extract also known as insulin. And as they began to inject the last comatose child, the first child injected began to awake. Then one by one, all the children awoke from their diabetic comas. A room of death and gloom became a place of joy and hope as they miraculously physically saw empty vessels being filled back up with Life. I'm going to ask our altar workers, our designated altar workers that I asked to come to the front. And if you can, just, just spread across this altar here because I don't believe the Lord is done yet. Life may seem as empty as those oil jars. But I believe God wants to work a miracle in your life this morning. He wants to fill our lives to overflowing with more blessings than we can ever count. He is our only lasting hope amid the pressing difficulties of life. James 5.14 said, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I felt in the Holy Ghost to grab a hold of some of these precious couples, some of these amazing adults, if you are sick in your body, if you are sick in your spirit, if you are a backslider, I know there's backsliders in here. There's some prodigals in this house. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's depression. Depression is real. Anxiety is powerful. And it's been plaguing you. And it's been haunting your family. This altar call isn't for everyone. But those that are tired. For those that are broken. For those that would say enough is enough. I am done feeling like this. I'm tired of being crippled. I want to be used in the spirit. 
I'm tired of allowing all the hopelessness inside of me and my family. If we can all stand, I'm going to invite those that need healing in their life to come. And these precious saints are going to anoint you with oil. Whatever you're dealing with, we will not judge you. We don't care. We just want you to come and feel the liberty and the freedom so many of us have felt. Being free from addiction. Being free from bondage. Being healed of hopelessness. Maybe you've never spoken tongues. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost that I talked about. I want you to come to this front and I want you to lift up your hands and the very presence that created the very earth that we live in will come and live inside of you and bring a revolution to your spirit. For Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Who wants joy and peace this morning? In believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name right now. I plead the blood of Jesus upon every person in this house. These altars are open for anyone that needs healing in their body.